In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Just give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm just getting used to that new intro, so uh, forgive the little slip up there. So wherever you are, here we are, Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. I am your host, and I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Today, we've got an incredible show lined up for you today, and it is uh, the topic is Decoding Deepak, Decoding Deepak Chopra, and we've got the documentary filmmaker and the producer, um, both producers, and Deepak Chopra's son, Gotham, uh, who will be joining us today. And let me uh, give the call-in number for those who would like to engage in a conversation with us at 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. So, Our first guest is Scott Carlin. Scott Carlin is a recognized leader in television. With over 30 years' experience, he was responsible for original record-breaking deals for The Sopranos, Sex and the City, Band of Brothers, The Wire, and many other HBO programs. He has held senior positions at top studios, including Warner Brothers, I'm sorry, Warner Brothers Television and Lorimar Telepictures. As a 2007 graduate of the master's program in spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica, Scott 
is immersed in the emerging area of transformational media. He has just completed producing a feature-length documentary about Deepak Chopra called Decoding Deepak that is directed by Deepak's son, Gotham Chopra, who will be joining us, joining us a little bit later in the show. But he is here in our chat room. So if anybody wants to ask any questions, please log into toginet.com, click on to live chat, and you can ask some questions here. Um, do we have Scott with us in the house? Scott, are you with us? Hello, Lisa. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? We had a little bit of a, a little uh, rocky live radio start, but I'm glad that you're here. And you're coming to us today from Idaho? Or Ketchum, in- Ketchum, Idaho. Say that again? I'm in Ketchum, Idaho. Ketchum, Idaho. Beautiful. Fall has uh, dawned in Ketchum, no doubt. And it's probably it, was, it was seven degrees at my house this morning. It was uh, north of fall. <laughs> Wow. Well, thank you for being with us today. I want to give our um, listeners some contact information where to find you. On Twitter, you are at Scott Carlin or Scott P. Carlin, and it's C-A-R-L-I-N. On Facebook, you are Scott.Carlin.94. So let's talk a little bit about this project. This sounds like it was a labor of love and labor from the heart. You know, very, you know, very much so. And, um, you know, like my relationship with with Deepak, it was just uh, serendipity and flow that's kind of that started it and continues to, um, you know, uh, consume it. Uh, my my relationship with Deepak started about five years ago, where a mutual friend of ours, a guy I had met uh, actually who was from Sun Valley, but uh, we met at the TED conference, a guy named Jeremy Moon. Uh, we became friends, and um, sometime after. Uh, that TED conference, uh, he emailed me and wanted to know if it'd be okay for him to make an introduction to a friend of his. And I said, sure, who is it? And he said, well, it's Deepak uh, Chopra. I said, I think you two guys would, uh, you know, should know each other. And, um, you know, you've probably got a lot of things you could do. I said, great. And, you know, literally soon after that, I got an email from Deepak introducing himself and saying he'd be back on the West Coast sometime. Uh, maybe we get together. Uh, I was working at HBO uh, at the time, and I was, you know, very excited to make the, make the contact with uh, with Deepak. I'd obviously very familiar with him, read many of his books. My wife had been very influenced by, by Deepak, so uh, um, it was, you know, very, very exciting for me. And ultimately, we did uh, schedule uh, a lunch uh, not too far after that in Santa Monica. And the kind of Hollywood person in me was was thinking along, well, this is this is great. Uh, the idea of meeting Deepak is uh, is wondrous, but certainly there must be some agenda here. He knows I work at HBO. Maybe he has an idea for a film or a TV show or or something. So we have this lunch, and we're about halfway through the lunch. And at some point, I just kind of you know. Put my fork and I said, so Deepak, was there anything I could do for you? Was there, you know, some agenda, um, you know, that that uh, I could be of service to you? And he kind of looked at me and said, you very quizzically said, no, Jeremy just thought we should get to know each other and uh, and uh, and start a relationship. And that that from that moment on, uh, you know, he broke open my, you know, uh, somewhat crass Hollywood heart. And I was like, wow. Finally, somebody who doesn't want something in uh, uh, in Hollywood, and uh, it was just a you know a very honest uh, you know beautiful way to start the the relationship with nothing other than hey let's uh, let's get to know each other and uh, and see what happens and we've uh, become very close uh, since then 
And through Deepak, I came to meet um, his son, uh, Gotham. And, you know, a couple years down uh, ago, Gotham came to me uh, one day and said he was, you know, had this idea that, yeah, it might be interesting uh, to do a film about his father. And I was like, absolutely. There's never been a, a feature-length film on your dad. And he said, well, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting for me to kind of potentially tell my story about what my relationship like, is like with my dad and, you know, somewhat uh, demystifying, you know, the myth and the man. And um, I said, wow, that's, I think, I think that'd be a very compelling, uh, uh, a very compelling idea. And the, the simple notion of the film was he would, uh, basically follow his dad uh around the globe for uh about a year and as as uh, gotham says in the film the best way to catch up with his dad the best way to catch his dad is to catch up with him because <laughs> he's perpetually on the uh on the move and that's what we were in a unique position to do you know being his son gotham had this you know unique access and with uh, mark reinhardt our, our producer slash cameraman who who uh, uh tagged along for most of the time with with gotham on the uh, uh on the road you know we were able to literally shadow deepak deepak everywhere uh he went and that was the you know that was sort of the unique access point that this film began began with well, I want to just touch upon this concept of transformational media because you and I share um, a master's degree. We both went to the University of Santa Monica. We graduated in the same year. And really part of the mission that we are trained for is to go out in the world with these skills in spiritual psychology and exercise them to be of service and to help people transform and transcend and, and learn to do life in a more graceful way. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're both shaking our head. I can see you shaking your head there, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, U- USM was um, uh, highly, highly, highly uh, transformative for me and, and many, you know, many levels, too many to get into on this, this phone call, but from a professional uh, standpoint, it you know came at a point in my career where it really just started opening my eyes to um, some other ways of of doing business out there. And throughout the full two years I was in USM, people started showing up in my life that were very different than the people I was coming into contact on a day to day basis with, just through my um, everyday work at uh, at HBO. People like. Deepak Chopra, people like Eckhart Tolle, people like Marianne Williamson. They're not just showing up as abstract people I see at a lecture. I mean, literally people in my living room having dinner with, meetings, what what have you, just through serendipitous um, uh, uh, coincidence started showing up. And, um, yes, little, little light bulbs started going off in my head. And the one thing we learned, one of the many things we learned at USM was to pay attention to these, you know, these little subtle nuances uh, in your in, in your life, because you know they're usually indicative of uh, uh, of something, and uh, ultimately enough of these lights uh, uh, went off, and I realized you know this this is this is this is calling to me to be more engaged with these people, to be more engaged with um, media that has the ability to uh, inform, to enlighten, to uplift, 
to kind of help foster the, the great transition stories that are, you know, emerging and kind of need to be told in our, uh, um, in our world uh, today. And it just led me to a very, you know, different non-corporate um, path. I left HBO um, soon after. Uh, Scott, uh, I, I hate to interrupt you. We're going to need to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to let you finish your thought. And then we're going to bring Gotham on and have a dialogue because I am, I wait to talk to you guys about decoding Deepak and the, the whole concept of the father-son bond and how men uh, cultivate and harvest their happiness through a relationship. And that's where, where my interest lies and, and where I would love to poke my little probing uh, heart. Um, so the film is decoding Decoding Deepak. It's www.decodingdeepak. That's D-E-E-P-A-K.com. Again, that's decodingdeepak.com. And other websites that you can go to is intent.com, I-N-T-E-N-T, as in intention. The tunes are coming in a minute. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Carlin and, and Gotham Chopra. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about a new documentary film called Decoding Deepak. And with me today is Scott Carlin, who is a recognized leader in the television industry. And he has worked alongside uh, Gotham Chopra to produce a film called Decoding Deepak about Gotham's dad. And prior to the break, we were sort of finishing up the concept about a, trans- a transformational media, what it is, what it is to um, create product and material, film, music, art, 
and journalism that really serves um, a different side of ourselves, maybe the softer side of ourselves, which really enables us to be in flow, to be more intuitive, to live a life that is more joyful and more creative and uh, simpler. So, Scott, you, I know, um, made a huge transition as a result of this path that you embarked upon. Yes. No, it was, um, um, you know, stepping out of the corporate world, kind of into the independent uh, uh, world um, and was a, you know, a sharp uh, transition for me. But literally from the moment I did it, uh, um, people and possibilities started showing up uh, uh, in my life. This project was one of them, partnering with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, literally a few months after I left HBO to help her kind of craft her uh, her new talk show that we ultimately uh, um, put on uh, Oprah's uh, network and um, just uh, it, it was it was an opportunity for me to kind of you know let go of you know many many years of doing you know one or two things that I, I did uh, fairly well at uh, HBO and these other companies and um, you know take uh, take the time to just do those things that I wanted to do which meant uh, you know listening to my heart and following where uh, my passion led me and um, the people and projects that have so- showed up since that day have um, you know have been uh, been astounding and and decoding deepak was uh, you know one of one of the first ones to uh, um, you know kind of come into uh, come into my uh, my business world uh, well, let's bring on your partner in uh, happy crime here. Gotham Chopra is a multimedia voice in the worlds of entertainment, news, spirituality, and pop culture. Recently, he published Walking Wisdom, which portrays all the love and licks that go along with being a dad, a dude, a dog owner, and son of Deepak Chopra. Oh, I love that. An award-winning journalist and documentary filmmaker, Gotham has interviewed a wide range of global leaders from President Clinton to the Dalai Lama and also served as researcher and lyrical advisor to Michael Jackson on the multi-platinum albums Dangerous and History. His latest feature documentary, which he has written, directed, and produced, titled Decoding Deepak, is the first long-form look at Deepak Chopra's life told by Gotham. It is honest, revealing, and different than what many people expect, and I can't wait to hear about this. Welcome, Gotham. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being here. So let's just jump into the story, the story of you and your dad and the journey, you know, the identity issues that go along with being Deepak's son um, for you and vice versa of you, of, of your dad having you as a son. I mean, it goes both ways, I would think. Yeah, well, you know, I think the sort of 75-minute doc that's now out and available and people are seeing is 37 years in the making for me, um, you know, and, and especially, I'd say, since my teen years, you know, when my father kind of made this transition from Western-trained physician and, and kind of normal, somewhat normal um, life to alternative medicine, which sort of became the gateway to this this whole world of the spiritual odyssey that he's been on and that, you know, by virtue of that, frankly, you know, millions of others around the world have been on. And it was always just sort of, you know, we were along the ride. Um, And I think, you know, as a journalist, as someone who had gone gone and chronicled so many stories, this one was just so obvious to me that needed to be personally um, done, and then, you know, it, it sort of evolved into something larger. 
Um, you know, I'd love to ask, ask this question of the two of you in terms of the flow of the story. You know, how was there a certain amount of trust in what you were doing, or did everything was everything mapped out? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the nature of um, documentaries is. You know, you, there is no script. You go in with somewhat of an idea and a conceit, but it evolves, and, and this certainly evolved. And, and I think I certainly, you know, you would think 37 years in, I'd have some pretty cool, some clarity around my father. And, um, you know, I think what this movie does is it sort of, it contradicts itself, but, uh, you know, hopefully in a positive way. And, and my father's a contradiction. We're all contradictions. And, you know, recently someone came up to my father and said, oh, I heard your son made a movie about you. And he looked at them and he said, no, my son made a movie about himself, um, <laughs> which I think is true. But I also think this movie is largely about people. And, and I think my father is largely about the people who see in him, you know, what they need to see at a certain time in their life. And, and he'd be the first one to sort of confess that as well. Well, I think that that really is exemplary of any good teacher, though, is, you know, you sort of put forth the concepts um, in the, in doing your life and living your talk and what rubs off rubs off and how it appears at any different moment in time is very dynamic. And I can see how your dad would take on this uh, role of being, there's the human Deepak, there's the sort of mythical uh, side of him, and then there's dad. Yeah, you know, my father, not unlike these um, uh, um, Eastern wisdom gurus who have come before him, um, you know, I think he's he's a looking glass in many ways. He has multiple identities, but again, he'd be the one to tell you that, say, you know, my version of him, his fans' version of him, his critics' version of him, his his own version of himself are not necessarily accurate. You know, they're all just different pieces of something that is more elusive. And, um, you know, I think he's been personally on that quest uh, for the last 30 years, let's say. And um, I think he has sort of become that icon that a lot of people see their own, you know, spiritual quest through. And I would imagine humanness, too. That yeah, that's... There's, there's a humanity to this film, and I think, you know, that's where, quote, some of the controversy is, and I think some of the people who have fashioned um, a certain image of him, it, it challenges that, but, and it, it certainly humanizes him. But, you know, my father has an expression where he says, you know, if I point at the moon, look at the moon, don't uh, worship the finger. And I don't think he's ever been entirely comfortable with this idea of being a guru or being some sort of spiritual master or, you know, how he's sometimes perceived. And yet he's also, he understands that for some people that they need that in him. And, and so he's careful to not defy that more careful certainly than I was in making this film. But, um, you know, I think he's, he's been sensitive to that. But he's not been sensitive to the film, which is also, you know, something that's, I think, to his credit. Well, let's talk a little bit about the father-son dynamic. I mean, the, both you and Scott are our are, are dads, 
and you explore the relationship between your, your own relationship between your dad and I would assume how that reflected upon you, Scott, as you journeyed through the project as well with your own children. How did you evolve? How were you touched personally as being the father as a result of this work? Well, you know, I, I, I obviously experienced the film somewhat through uh, Gotham's, uh, Gotham's eyes. And while Deepak was not my, my father, I kind of had this unique perspective on, you know, seeing their relationship in the real world and then ultimately uh, in the world, real world as, represent, as represented through the, the process of uh, 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 filmmaking. And I think that's, you know, one of the, you know, the kind of interesting um, you know, side takeaways of this film, as much as it's about uh, Deepak and as much as it's about Gotham, it is about this dynamic of father-son uh, relationships or just parent, you know, p- parent-child uh, relationships, quite quite frankly, in general. And uh, a lot of the people uh, we've, you know, we've talked to after watching the film, that is that is a subject of a, a lot of conversation. It triggers a lot of uh, conversation uh, around those issues, and it just it, it, it forces anybody uh, who really kind of pays attention to this film to to kind of you know look at and contextualize you know some of the issues and challenges uh, they may have had around their own relationships with their own uh, uh, parents, and um, it uh, as a as a father of you know four boys and uh, uh, only child that I was and still have a great relationship with my you know with my father. It just it 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 reaffirms just how uh, special, uh, how important, and how you know valuable those relationships are um, in uh, in life. And like anything in life, they will have their contradictions. They will have their you know stress you know stress points. But the core is, um, you know, the core is the the core is love, and um, um, this this film uh, above and beyond anything else, I think, certainly affirms uh, that you know that relationship, uh, that that that's, that state of being between Gotham and, and Deepak. And um, Gotham, how did it affect your own relationship with your children? This process. Well, I have one uh, son, five years old now, and. You know, I think, um, well, one thing I certainly wondered about towards the end of the filmmaking process is a section in the last act where we're in India and, and sort of reflecting a lot on family and ancestry and who's going to come after us. And, and it made me wonder if, you know, boy, is someday my son going to judge me the way that I have judged my father uh, over the last year putting together this story. Um, but, you know, I, I think the thing I've also realized, you know, now with some real perspective about my father is, you know, beyond all the sort of spiritual stuff, my, my father has a very classic immigrant story. He came to this country with very little resources, no money in his pocket, and he built a life that, you know, and a prosperous life, not only for himself, but for, for me and for his family. And so, you know, while I have some of those um, familiar sort of um, frustrations that my, you know, lack of memories of my father being present certain times in my childhood, he was out working really hard. And I think, if anything, I sometimes wonder to myself now, living as one of these sort of more modern parents who's always around and at every soccer practice and there for pick up and drop off boy am i too present and and sort of finding that balance um that you know really 
um, the, the sort of balance of parenting that I think a lot of people think about. And that's certainly, you know, was a function of having a five-year-old, but a function of really <laughs> digging into, you know, my father's uh, history. We are going to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Gotham, we are going to slip gracefully into break, which was the intention that I set up for us. Um, And when we come back, we're going to carry on the conversation about the the film that you've made called Decoding um, Deepak. To find out more about the project, please visit decodingdeepak.com or intent.com to connect up with Gotham. He's on Twitter at Gotham Chopra, The Chopra Well, and Decoding Deepak. And for Scott, and I know the music is coming, but I'm going to keep going. It's at Scott P. Carlin on face on Twitter, and Facebook is scott.carlin.94. Here comes the tunes. We'll be right back. To explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a sudden Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Everyone likes to win. Enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about a new documentary film called Decoding Deepak. And today's guests are the filmmakers, Gotham Chopra and Scott Carlin. And we are talking about the image that one holds of uh, an icon such as Deepak 
or the image perhaps that one holds of one's father or mother and how the reality sometimes may be different and how dynamic and fluid um, we are as beings and how we do have several selves. And I think that that was the point that Gotham was trying to make in following his dad with a camera for a year and making this project was about the different sides of self that were revealed. So let's talk a little bit about this. What are some funny or quirky or revealing things about your dad that we might learn from this film? Um, I think, you know, my father has, like everyone, contradictions and, and paradoxes. So, you know, there's sort of all sorts of playful things, running gags throughout the film, his addiction to his Starbucks and coffee, his addiction to his BlackBerry and social media, Twitter, Facebook, which he's constantly on, his need to um, sort of be in this dynamic discussion with, you know, many of his critics. So, you know, he loves being on Fox News. He loves sort of taking on the skeptic society, and, and he's constantly sort of thinking about it, and even offline, like in email correspondence with some of his biggest cr- critics. And so he, there's a side of him that's very attached to the, the drama of, of life. I think what's also unique about him is, you know, there's these sort of spiritual qu- qualities that sort of root all of his exist and he's somewhat sort of detached from it all he he enjoys it but if it all disappeared tomorrow he'd sort of be fine he he just kind of um coasts through life and and i think for him it's a great place but outwardly it is sometimes frustrating for those people around him i mean i can sort of speak for myself is you know my father is um we have a great friendship but we don't have a sort of typical like emotional family relationship in some ways that is interesting or or that you can put your finger on maybe at this point you know maybe maybe it's there and yet to be decoded yeah the sequel (laughs) the sequel exactly let's talk about um the film it's coming out any second and it's available tell us how we can get a hold of the film how we can see it out in theaters online i would love for you to talk about how you're distributing the project yeah, well, you know, it's a great time to sort of be a filmmaker and a storyteller. So because of the distribution, the access through people like you, we can sort of reach our audience. So the easiest way is just to go to decodingdepoc.com, and the film is available online and, and for download through all the sort of usual suspects like iTunes and Amazon, but all the links are there. Uh, it's also in select theaters around the country, and, and um, it, you know, all that information is on the website as well. Scott, in terms of um, you, your involvement in this project and the evolution of the three of you as being the three musketeers in this trailblazing uh, arena of transformational media, talk a little bit about you know what this was like for you from a production point of view as a producer of putting these pieces together and getting project into the world. Um, it was, um, pre- you know, pretty easy and it just had, you know, kind of, again, great flow and serendipity from the moment, uh, Gotham, uh, 
you know, first mentioned the idea to me to, um, you know, getting together with my uh, partner, Emilio Diaz Barroso, and, you know, uh, walking him through the possibilities of this and, you know, putting together the financing for it. And then, you know, pretty much uh, giving uh, uh, Gotham 100% free reign to, uh, you know, to go out and make the film we believed he was capable of uh, uh, of making. And, you know, knowing uh, Gotham not as well as I knew his dad, but I... I, I I knew a film would evolve out of this, just having spent uh, enough time with uh, uh, Deepak in, in different places that any time you turn the camera on Deepak, something, he's, he's going to say something interesting. So to be able to, the likelihood of us ultimately getting a film after spending many, many months traveling with him around the world, I never had any doubt we'd have an interesting uh, film. I, we, I, I didn't have a clear picture of exactly what the film would be like, where it would begin, where it would kind of... Uh, um, uh, go and how it would uh, how it would end. There was a lot of kind of faith and and trust in that. And like many films, you know, you, you tend to find them in the in the editing room. And we you know we clearly found you know found this film uh, in the editing room. And um, it was a uh, the, the whole process. Quite frankly, was uh, you know was very uh, was very graceful. Well, and I would think Gotham, in your own right, you stand you stand pretty strong in, in your um, your skills and your history and the people that you have interviewed from Clinton to the Dalai Lama. I mean, it seems to me that you have the ability to suss out the uh, the, the gems from whomever you come in contact with. Yeah, well, I've been fortunate, obviously, you know, by virtue of growing up in the household, I did to have had exposure to some of these amazing world leaders and, and, you know, spiritual teachers and all of that. And so I've, I've just been gained a comfort level around being or being around these people. And, um, you know, I think also so many of them uh, want or, you know, want to express themselves in a different way. Um, you know, I was with uh, actually at an event last night where President Clinton was there, and it's, you know, when someone is put in an environment where they're given license to talk about things that they otherwise normally aren't, you know, he's expected just to be political all the time, he so much embraces it. And I think, you know, as a as a journalist, that's something I've sort of observed and tried to really um, craft the skill set for helping to guide that. Is what you're saying really more about revealing parts of self and the heart and the human side of these very, you know, auspicious men and women in the world? I mean, they've got great voices and great presence, but yet the um, the softer side, as I like to call it, is not something that's always allowed out of the bag. Yeah, I think I think that's partly it. I think it's also, you know, and, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, just when we're talking about my father and this perception that's been built out there. There's a great tradition in this country, especially of creating icons of people and then becoming enraged when, you know, those icons don't meet our expectations. And often it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with, you know, the kind of um, expectations that we build of them. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of these people, and my father in particular, I I think he was in some ways very liberated by this film. And, you know, he was obviously there was a trust between us. And, you know, I sort of said the other day that I don't think this is an objective film, but it's a very honest film. And I think he also felt like he could just be honest through it, which is not something that he necessarily has had the opportunity to do throughout his career. 
I, I would just I would just jump in there and say when we first screened this film at South by Southwest in Austin uh, early last spring, uh, one of the uh, re- first questions a reporter uh, uh, asked uh, Deepak after seeing the film was, "Do you feel exposed by this?" To, to the point Gotham was making that you know we, that this film in some way kind of breaks that uh, you know that that shell uh, that some people build around spiritual icons or what have you. And I thought Deepak's answer was so. Uh, so right on and so uh, astute, he, he kind of looked at the reporter and said, no, I don't feel exposed. He says, I feel revealed. And that, that to me, pretty much said it all. <laughs> and, you know, it, the, the word that comes to mind when you say this is authenticity. And, you know, it is very much a, a subject that I think that the three of us um, explore and the place where we like to live. And by doing a project like this and doing it in the concept and uh, with the concept of this transformational media, you know, presenting the material in a different way. So it, it, it touches hearts and minds and opens us up and provokes us to thinking about life a little bit differently. And this is the great challenge of this paradigm, this new paradigm that we are living in. You know, how do we show up for life authentically? You know, whether we're Deepak Chopra or we're Scott Carlin or we're Gotham you know, Chopra or Lisa Kamen, you know? What does it mean? Well, I mean, the film's really about that. You know, it's, it's about identity and it's about, you know, who we are, who we aspire to be, who are afraid of being. And I think, you know, that's the history of spiritual teachers also. And my father is, you know, as strange as it is for me to say now, I recognize the fact that he's part of that tradition of, of these spiritual teachers who's brought some of the great... Um, wisdom traditions of the East to the West and helped decode and translate them. But I think, you know, like I said earlier, he'd be the first to tell you that he's a looking glass and in him people see often what they want to see, what they need to see. And, uh, you know, he's sort of this instrument that helps people explore their own identity. And I think, you know, we live in a world right now that is increasingly (laughs) trying to do that because I think a lot of the institutions of faith, they're sort of coming apart at the seams, and a lot of people are looking elsewhere for those answers, and, and he and others uh, that, you know, Scott mentioned and that you're both so familiar with uh, have really helped to fill that void. Um, and the film, once again, is Decoding Deepak. You can learn more about the, the film. You can download it at decodingdeepak.com and also on intent.com. Can it be downloaded from there? Uh, no, uh, the best is decoding. I mean, okay. decoding. decoding. Deepak, yeah. And I'm going to give all your Twitter and all your Twitter handles Great. and Facebook contacts because we are going to slip into a break. And um, Scott Carlin, you can find him on Twitter at Scott P like Paul Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. On Facebook, he's Scott.Carlin.94. And for you, Gotham on Twitter, you are Gotham Chopra at the Chopra well. And Decoding Deepak. On Facebook, you are Gotham.Chopra. And on Facebook, also, you have a Decoding Deepak page. And I think I've covered it all. And by the way, if you want to dialogue with us on Twitter, I should have said this earlier, it's hashtag Harvesting Happiness. And come and chat with us there. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. And on Twitter, I am at Lisa Kamen, K A M E N. We are going to slip into a break. And I want to give 
a plug for some upcoming um, events and projects that are going on here in Harvesting Happiness Land. Uh, the first being on uh, the weekend of November 2nd, that's next weekend, I will be speaking at Ahimsa and Sustainable Happiness, which is a conference to be held at Cal Poly Pomona. And it is a diverse group of men and women in fields of expertise speaking and examining the relationship between positive aspects of nonviolence, such as compassion, love, gratitude, and forgiveness, and lasting happiness, which is my area of expertise and what I know and love. So please uh, Google Ahimsa and Sustainable Happiness Conference if you're interested in that. It's a week on, weekend-long gathering. Here's the break. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. The path of a Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. If you're just joining us now, we are wrapping up an incredible hour with Gotham Chopra and Scott Carlin, and they have made the film Decoding Deepak, which is about the famed Deepak Chopra, who also is Gotham's dad. And, you know, one of the things we were exploring was this concept of authenticity, you know, how we show up for life, the several parts of ourselves that live in this singular body and um, there are many very well-known people on the planet one being the Dalai Lama for example in addition of course to Deepak Chopra that you know when you get to know them a little bit you see these different sides of their characters and I know that uh, Gotham has interviewed the Dalai Lama and I'm wondering Gotham if you can share a little bit about your experience and you know exemplifying this concept of the multiple sides that live within ourselves. Sure. Well, it was a number of years ago, but I think, you know, what is striking about being in the uh, His Holiness's presence, and, and I think it's, you know, you sort of hit the nail on the head, is there's 
an authenticity there, and there's a being, um, you know, there's a presence. And um, I think he, you know, he lives uh, his message, and, and you feel that around him in a way, frankly, that very few people in the world have that sort of um, just being. And, and I think, you know, he, he's a, obviously a Buddhist, and I think one of the things I learned in sort of doing this film, I spent a number of weeks with my father at a monastery in Thailand, which is sort of documented in the film, and what they teach you in these monasteries is the art of being, and His Holiness is somebody who has really just sort of perfected that, and... um but there's also this playfulness about him. There's obviously this highly intellectual part to him. There's clearly a political part to him. So he has many faces, but they all feel authentic and, and in balance with each other. And he's just such a unique, you know, amazing person. Privileged just, to have even spent, you know, a few minutes in his presence. Well, this is what I've heard. When I was making H Factor, Where Is Your Heart, the documentary film that I did um, on happiness as a result of my USM experience, we interviewed Dr. Howard Cutler for the project, who co-wrote The Art of Happiness with the Dalai Lama. And he told a wonderful story about the Dalai Lama's His Holiness's humor. And it was in the context of living amongst mosquitoes. You know, and, you know, basically because all living creatures have a right to live and be, you know, he asked him about, you know, the challenge of living amongst mosquitoes. And as you can imagine, you know, mosquitoes are pretty pesky creatures. Mm -hmm. And he goes, ah, the mosquitoes, well, they're a problem. (laughs) And I just thought it was a very amusing response. And it was like, yes, we have to live amongst the mosquitoes, but the mosquitoes just are a fact of life. Yep. Well, you know, it's one of the things they teach you at these monasteries. I I remember, you know, you go for these walks and you walk barefoot and, you know, you're walking on pavement or gravel and it's painful and they tell you, well, you know, when you step, don't focus on the foot that's on the ground, focus on the foot that's in the air. Um, And it's just this sort of subtle shift in attention. Um, But it's a sort of very practical thing also, and it's about being present, but also refining your attention in that presence. And these are sort of Buddhist principles that have been around for thousands of years, and there's an elegance in their simplicity. And again, I think, you know, His Holiness is somebody who's really perfected that elegance and and that's probably also the other word that i think best describes him is there's a, there's an elegance to him and um just a transcendent quality that's so unique what's next for you guys are you going to are you going to create another project together definitely i mean it's been just an awesome experience and i think we're always you know scott sort of just like um, been a great mentor to me, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of different things. We're always sort of coming up with new schemes. <laughs> well, Scott, you've got uh, some great territory where you're living these days to explore um, transformational media from a from a different angle. You know, it ain't Hollywood, but it may be better. Oh well, and, and interesting. I've, I've kind of found my own Deepak Chopra's here amongst the uh, adventure guides. These world-class men and women who've chosen to live in uh, in Ketchum, who are some of the greatest, you know, backcountry skiers, big rock climbers, sea kayakers, 
paragliders, fly fishermen, you you name it. And um, you know, these are people who's who have chosen to live live their passion, and their passion becomes their business. And the joy they get is taking clients out and uh, giving them their own kind of transformational experience and letting people uh, experience something, push through perceived uh, 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 limitations that they may have about their ability to do one thing or the other. And we're working on a project right now called Guided about the lives of uh, uh, adventure guides and the lives they transform. Um, so you, you can find this anywhere. And I, and I found, you know, the wilderness and particularly the mountains uh, in its own way, a deeply spiritual, transformative place. And to have these kind of guides who are, you know, sort of adventure shamans uh, in my backyard, who are many of whom are my close friends now, has been a very interesting, um, you know, new development. I love the terminology you just used, adventure shaman. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's true. Right? I mean, that sort of God appears in mysterious places. You look at what people, where people write about having, you know, unique transformational or just unique experiences of their own that they, they talk about, they write about. It oftentimes, you know, happens, you know, some, some, somehow nature's connected there. It happens outdoors more often than, than not, I would argue, than it happens, you know, sitting uh, in a room somewhere. And I don't think that's. I don't think that's by accident, and I, I think the more people can can kind of commune with and, and get in touch with nature, the easier it is to kind of get in touch and ground themselves. Well, I think what is so beautiful about being in nature and what is so transformative and healing about it is it gets one into flow seamlessly. And in flow, the past doesn't exist, the future doesn't exist, only this certain moment is present. It, it's very, very true, and I often describe, you know, the, the some of these uh, these hikes I take and these climbs and paddling or what have you as moving meditations because you are so present, you are so in the flow, and sometimes you are literally flowing. Um, mm-hmm. That it is that it is very much a uh, um, you know a spiritual a spiritual experience. And no river, you can't take the same river. If you're, if you're shooting the rapids, you may be going down the same river, but you're not shooting that same rapid ever again. Ever again. Ever again. And, then, and as you watch the film, that, that is a theme that, you know, is, uh, I would say it is the most uh, pervasive theme in the film, which is, you know, deep, the, 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 the uh, numerous ways Deepak can describe how it is to live in the moment and that, you know, you are only here. Uh, in the moment. It's all a dream. Life is a wisp of smoke. All that really matters is, you know, what is happening uh, right, right now. And, you know, the more people learn to kind of attune to experiencing that, that presence, um, generally the, the happier, the more grounded uh, they tend to be. And I think this experience, what we're talking about, being in flow and, and really cultivating the skill to be in the moment, which Gotham, your dad, talks about, and also Scott is relating to the outdoor experience, the adventure shaman experience, um, healing can occur. And because I spend a lot of my time working with veterans that have combat trauma, and they're often told in conventional therapeutic modalities that in order to heal, you have to process the emotions, you have to take medication, you have to follow a certain westernized protocol in order to get in touch with your heart. And the model that the three of us have been discussing is very inwardly referenced where the suffering doesn't necessarily have to be processed.
process that it can actually fall away by the doing. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I, I'm certainly no expert and no physician, though I come from a family of them and I'm married to one and all that. But, um, you know, I think what my father has advocated for many years, and I think the medical establishment has come around to uh, now is an integrated approach. And there's no question that the insights and technologies of the of modern medicine have, you know, taken us to such amazing places. But I think, you know, unfortunately we've also lost some of the um, just practical and, you know, wisdom of, of um, older traditions and medicines, both Eastern and Western. And um, I think, you know, we live in a time that clearly, you know, if you need to excise a tumor or you need to, you know, have a knee replacement or something like that, we have... Um, um, we have techniques now to do that in such effective ways, but I also think at the same time this idea of reflection and um, understanding and insight and experience um, is is sort of um, something that can enable us to live healthier and happier lives. And um, it's, a, it's an exciting time also because I think there's so much information out there now that people can access themselves. And that's becoming more accepted. You know, I, not to, you know I, I remember when I was growing up in Boston, when my father first started talking about yoga and meditation, it was considered these sort of cult practices, these strange <laughs> Eastern, um, you know, voodoo things. And, you know, today they're accepted by healthcare providers. I can't walk five miles from my house without finding a dozen yoga studios. Um, so... I think we've we've come a long way, but there's still a ways to go. I agree. Well, our, our, our time has just flown by. I do not know where the hour has gone, and I want to give our listeners um, another opportunity to find you out there in the ethers and connect with you personally as well as the film. For Scott Carlin um, on Twitter, he is at Scott P, the initial, Carlin. On Facebook, it's Scott.com. Carlin.94. And for Gotham Chopra on Twitter, he is at Gotham Chopra, as well as The Chopra Well and Decoding Chopra. On Facebook, it's Gotham.Chopra, and also on Facebook, it's Decoding Deepak. And the website's where to find the film. To find it and download it, please visit DecodingDeepak.com. And there's also another website that has information on on this project as well as others at Intent.com. So thank you so much for being with me, you guys. Hang tight with me here because I've got a few uh, parting thoughts before we go. I also wanted to give a shout out for TEDx Malibu 2012 that I'm producing along with Bridget Huff to take place on Sunday, December 2nd at the Malibu Jewish Center and Synagogue. Our 2012 theme is Living Out Loud equals LOL, which features presenters who are living with full engagement, making an impact, flourishing on their chosen path, and daring to live bodaciously and audaciously out loud. And that's TEDxMalibu.com. And here's the parting thought. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen along with Scott Carlin and Gotham Gotham Chopra wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. 
See you next week. 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available on iTunes. To learn more about Lee